The words will also be on the screen this morning. Pay close attention to three intentional pauses that the psalmist provides us after one after verse 3, the second after verse 7, and the third after verse 11. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts His voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. And God's people said, Amen. Each Wednesday morning during the month of August, our youth meet at Chick-fil-A down near Chesterfield Town Center for their summer Bible study. They're studying the book of Job. Their leader is Jenny Rao. This past Wednesday, they received a special blessing. We received a special blessing as well as we hear the story Listen to the words that Jenny posted on our students' 12-2 Ministries Facebook page. Another great installment in the Chick-fil-A Bible study this morning made perfect when a gentleman approached our group as we read Scripture. He told us that he had been watching us having a great time while studying God's Word. And it had brought him great joy to see it. Jenny writes, then he presented us with a $50 Chick-fil-A gift card so that our group could enjoy free breakfast next week. And she writes, angels certainly walk among us, and this one chose to remain anonymous. Please join us in thanking this wonderful soul and praying a prayer of thanksgiving that God sent him to bring joy to our day. 
This man's actions are reflective of at least two important things. First, time. And second, generosity. First, he took the time to get up from his table at Chick-fil-A, walk over to the line, wait in the line, purchase a gift card, walk back over to our students, and not only bless them with words of encouragement, but also bless them with a special gift. So it took time to do that. Second, he was led to use his own money to purchase a gift card for people he didn't know and probably would never see again unless he were happened to be there that next week. His words and actions lead me to believe that he's a Christian. I don't know his faith. I don't know who it was, but it sounds like he was a believer. But not every Christian is in a position to do that. How many times have I been in a restaurant and see a group meeting like that And I look at my watch, and I'm running late, and I'm on my way. I've got my order, and I'm on my way. Or we may not have the financial margin to do something like that. But this man did. He had the margin in his schedule to take the extra time out of his day to wait, and then the financial margin to give them this generous gift. And this is a very simple illustration of the principle of what we're trying to teach during this month in our series, Living with Margin. To refresh your memory, margin is simply the space between our load and our limits. On a book, the margin is the blank space that doesn't have print on it so that we can read the, script, the, the text more easily, more freely. Margin is breathing room. Margin is when we have space in our lives to be available to God and to others. Margin allows us to take those few extra moments to talk to someone when we're out and about. On Wednesday evenings during this summer, our prayer team from the deacons and I have been going to various schools around our church praying. Some of you have joined in those meetings. A few weeks ago, we were at Robius Middle School, and we prayed, and as we were finishing our prayer time, I could hear footsteps coming up behind us, and the person stopped, and when we finished praying, there was an older gentleman there who apparently had uh, come to the school for, uh, to pick up his grandchild from an event that was happening inside. And so we struck up conversation. He said, it looked like y'all were having a meeting. And I said, yes, sir, indeed we are. We're uh, from Huguenot Road Baptist Church, and we're praying for the schools around our church community this summer. And so he was very interested in that, very thankful, and told us that he was a member of a Baptist church up in the West End. And then before, you know, we went on our way, I said, sir, can, do you have 30 seconds? He said, sure. And I said, how can we pray for you? And he shared us several prayer requests for sick members of his family. And so our prayer group lifted up this gentleman and his prayer needs right there. Margin allows us to be available when God places holy interruptions in our path. And I pray that God would help me to have more of of that way of seeing the world that I can see through the eyes of the kingdom, uh, the way that Jesus would see and hear people rather than just be busy and get a task done and be on my way. That's what margin is all about when we can 
make room for those divine interruptions. Today's sermon passage is Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still like a glassy pond as dusk emerges and you can see that one little fish jump that sends a ripple all the way to the bank to be still enough to know that God is God. The hymn has a rhythm to it. Psalm 46 was liturgical. It was sung in temple worship, especially on the Jewish New Year when the people would reflect on the goodness of God, God's past activity related to their nation, God's protection, God's victory over evil, God's triumph in justice and righteousness. And there's a a refrain in verses 7 and 11 that the choir would have sung, the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Over and again they would sing that refrain. And there were those musical rests that I shared with you earlier after verses 3, 7, and 11. The Hebrew version and some of your Bibles include a little Hebrew word, selah, after each of those verses. Other of your Bibles will have it in the footnotes down below. But selah is an untranslated word in the Hebrew that simply means that it is a time for pause or a time for rest. It is as if there's a pause to listen to the instruments as worship is happening. Or a pause to listen to the still small voice of God to speak to us. The psalm inspired Martin Luther to write that wonderful hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And many Christians, including myself, consider Psalm 46.10 one of spiritual reflection and contemplation where I can be still in my time of quiet and know that God is God. If the English translation is taken on its own, be still and know that I am God, verse, this verse can be seen as a devotional aid or something useful for spiritual meditation, but I believe that there is more for us to see in the text. A literal translation of the Hebrew helps us to see that this verse is actually a response to a divine invitation. Verse 7 reminds us that God is with us and that God is our fortress. And verse 8a is an invitation to come and see how God works. Like Jesus would say, come and see. Come, follow me. The psalmist says, come and see the works of God, the goodness of God, the provision of God, the protection of God. And the latter part of verse 8 and 9, the psalmist describes several of the ways that God is directly involved in the lives of His people and in bringing peace and justice and what is right to this earth. Verse 10 in the Hebrew brings the listener to a complete stop. Cease striving and know that I am God. Cease all activity and acknowledge that I am God. My loose translation, stop what you are doing and acknowledging and acknowledge that I am God of the universe. In other words, this is a psalm that expresses the sovereignty of God or the lordship of God. 
Sovereignty and lordship mean that God is in charge and Bob Lee is not. Sovereignty and lordship say we depend on God instead of ourselves. Sovereignty and lordship say trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. A few different translations of verse 10. Eugene Peterson's message. Step out of the traffic. Take a long look at me, your high God. Above politics, above everything. The New American Standard. Cease striving and know that I am God. The Amplified. Be still and know or recognize or understand that I am God. And Young's literal translation. Desist. And know that I am God. When we realize that we are completely dependent on God and not on ourselves, we can then come to appreciate more fully the good gifts that God gives us. We can cease our striving, our trying to please everybody else, cease our work. We can step out of the busy traffic of life and be still and acknowledge that God is sovereign over our time and over all that we have. Last week we paused and we looked at several ways to restore margin emotionally and physically that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and with margin emotionally we can be more present to others Margin physically, we can be more healthy and able to carry out the task that God calls us to. Today, we'll look at some practical ways to restore margin in our time and in our finances. Sometimes we're just so, so busy. And sometimes we are busy earning more money to try to find more things to do with our time. It all works together. So, two segments of the message, restoring time margin, and then the second, restoring financial margin under our time. Simply to be available. Margin says we're available to others. Margin says I don't have to rush off when somebody needs our attention. Margin says I have time to talk to an older person at the grocery store counter instead of looking at my watch and being so busy. Jesus himself would stop right in the middle of what he was doing and pay attention to those who had need. For example, remember he was walking to a place where a a young girl was in distress. The father had sent for Jesus, and Jesus is on his way down the road, and a woman who had been hemorrhaging with an issue of blood for 12 years, and nobody could do anything to help her, reached out to touch the cloak of the garment of, uh, the garments of Jesus' cloak. And when he, she, she touched the edge of his cloak, he stopped and turned and acknowledged her and gave healing to her and value and worth to her. Or Jesus gave time to blind Bartimaeus. He stopped what he was doing to give all of his attention to that man or When Zacchaeus was up in the tree waiting on Jesus, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house today, and we're going to have a meal together. Or on the Emmaus Road, Jesus stopped and took up 
conversation with those two disciples and had a meal with them, and through that meal they recognized who he was. Be available. Margin says, I'm available. I can't meet every need, not called to meet every need, but I can be available when God sends a divine interruption my way. Margin says, I can live slower. One of you came up to me in the receiving line after church last Sunday and thanked me because I preached slower last Sunday. I'm working on that, really. And I thank you for that gift because that tells me that somebody recognized that which I'm working on. Get in the long line at the bank teller. I'm trying to take the long line and the toll road. I'm trying to eat slower by taking one bite at a time and chewing up my food, swallowing it, putting the fork down. And I think I already said this the other week or so, but that can be frustrating for a teenager because they're used to eating so fast at lunch at school that they're done by the time we finished our salad. But I'm trying to eat slower trying to read a book at night before I go to bed or fall asleep, trying to delight in the simple things, not rushing through the yellow light just so that I can get to the next red light faster than everybody else. Margin says we prune the activity branches, that we take a real hard look at all of the activities that our family are involved in. How much of our schedule is busyness? What's necessary and what is optional? What can we really, what can we really do and what, what would we like to do but maybe we can't right now? So look at the activities of your family and prune what is non-essential and maybe that's something for later. Here's one that steps on my toes, probably some of you, Margin says, I can, I can have more margin in my time if I monitor my media usage. How many of you said, I'm just going to check Facebook really quick? 30 minutes later, it is a time sucker. Now, it's good. There are a lot, I use social media. I'm not saying that we shouldn't but perhaps some boundaries around it. One survey that I read said people check their cell phones, their, their smartphones, 85 times a day on the average. Another uh, survey said that people in our culture today spend an average of just over five hours a day on their smart devices. You can do the math of what percentage of your awaking hours that is. But there are some resulting problems from all of this. We're, we have more stress, fear, anxiety. There's a new word for someone who's away from their phone. No-mo-phobia. No-mobile-phone-phobia, right? Nomophobia. No-mobile-phone-phobia. If some of us are away from our phones for even a little bit, we get highly stressed and anxious because we feel like we've missed something important. We've missed that cat video on Facebook. 
we miss seeing our friend's half-eaten meal at Applebee's. My word! One of my friends, clergy, sent a picture of his empty plate because he forgot to take a picture of it before he ate it and told us what it was. I miss that. Oh. You get the point. There are a lot of good uses for our devices, but let's be responsible. A lot of car accidents happen because people are distracted. Isolation occurs because we're distracted. In the news recently, parents have been distracted at the swimming pool and at the beach because of their phones, which has caused harm to children who wander away. So there are a few things you, can, you and I can do. We can turn off notifications. We can take a social media fast. Or we can turn it off for a while. We can use it responsibly if it's our, quote, landline. And we can keep it out of sight when we don't really need to be close to it. Sometimes just seeing it creates anxiety. And then the last one under time is take 30. After I became your pastor a few years ago, we shared a personal worship guide called Take 30, 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes of Bible reading, 5 minutes of prayer for your staff here at the church, 5 minutes of prayer for family and those who are close, and 5 minutes of prayer for your church family and your circles of influence. 30 minutes a day. Margin in time allows us to have time for God and others. And now I want to talk briefly about financial margin. We've given these time and finances are things that people wish they had more of. Under financial margin, can we seek to live within our harvest, to live within our means, not overextending ourselves, going into debt to have things maybe that we don't need to buy with money that we don't have to impress people we don't know or like, right? Can we seek to live within our harvest? Can we be content with the one who provides all of our needs? Another way to restore financial margin is to distinguish between needs and desires or needs and wants. Our needs are basic as we sung a little earlier, God, His love, relationships, meaningful work, food and clothing and shelter, basic needs that we all have. And I would add in our culture today, transportation, we need to be able to get to work and school and so forth. But there are a lot of things we want that we have made needs. Young couples today their first house is usually much more expensive and nicer than their parents' and grandparents' last house, right? Uh, grandparents would say, when we first got married, we, we had nothing. We had a, a little cardboard coffee table and a couple of chairs and a kitchenette. And now the young couples today want everything immediately, and sometimes we go into debt because our needs and desires are mixed up. Another way to restore financial margin is to make a budget and seek to live by it. 
I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but a lot of families have no budget. And as a result, can go deeply into debt and even bankruptcy. So simply look at what's coming in and what our expenses are, and that helps you know your flow and where some adjustments might need to be made so that you can live in a more content way and be free from debt. This fall, there's a course that Amy Rawls will teach called Financial Peace University. Last year, we offered it as well. Melanie and I have been through it. We went through it in 2010 and you know, 2010 and 2011, and we were able to become debt-free except for a mortgage. And then uh, over the years, I've taught the class myself several times and know how powerful it is when the principles are put to work. There is a cost to the course, probably two or three meals at Olive Garden, and you will have paid for the course. And the blessings would far outweigh the cost. However, if there is a financial concern and you can't afford the fee, Matthew and I have talked and there are ways that we can help defray those costs. But I encourage you, if you've never taken Financial Peace University, it's something to consider. And the last way to help restore financial margin is simply to put first things first. Can we put God first? God is the one who gives us all things. Everything comes from God, says Scripture. Can we seek first the kingdom and its righteousness? Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can we give the first fruits of our labors to the Lord? Everything comes from Him anyway and live on the other 90%. The first 10% to the Lord and His work, we live on the other 90 And God will make the other 90 go farther than we would on our own with all of it. Scripture teaches us from when He provided manna in the desert for the Israelites back then that God will provide our needs if we trust Him. It's not easy sometimes. Sometimes we have to have a long-term projection. We take one step to arrive at that destination. But we can start now and take steps toward financial freedom by putting first things first and inviting others to help us with our finances. Today, we trust that God will need meet 100% of our needs through 90% that we get to keep. The man who gave our youth the gift card had some margin in his time, and he had some margin in his money to give a blessing to others. His margin not only blessed our youth, but blessed us today. As we continue to work on this journey, I have two questions. Like last week, I asked some questions for reflection. Today, can you name the one thing that's robbing you of your time? Can you think about it? Name one thing that's robbing you of your time, and this week, what will you and I do to create margin in that area, margin in our time and our schedule? And concerning our financials, what is one thing that's overextending us financially? If we could name it, what's that one thing? And what one thing will we do this week to restore margin in our finances? To do something about that which is causing us to be pressed in. To allow God 
to take control. Let's pray together. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for the gift of margin. From the very beginning of history, you created us to rest, to have one day out of seven to delight in you. And then I believe you want us to live every day with that Sabbath mindset. Help us not only have margin emotionally and physically, but also in our schedule and in our finances, that when divine interruptions come, that we might be available if you call. In Jesus' name, amen.